Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With me today, with our listeners today, uh, Dr. Rob Jones, Director of Marketing and Communications for MU Extension. Welcome. How you doing, Bree? Oh, I'm so happy to have you. It's I a am, good day. Thank you. I am so glad to be here. Yeah. I know you only get the big wigs to come on to the podcast <laughs> with you. So when you asked me to be on, it was an, an honor. So I appreciate you. Oh, it is mine. And let me just tell you for our, our listeners out there. One of my favorite things has been having you in our building now. I've told you this before Uh because you have this this laugh and this energy, this positive energy about you that is absolutely contagious. So thank you for coming to (laughs) MU Extension. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I I get a little bit uh, flustered, I guess, when I hear you say that because I try to just be me, right? And to hear that you say like, oh my God, like you have such great energy. Uh, It's like, oh wow, like thank you. I feel overwhelmed when you say that. So I appreciate you saying that. Yes, I do. Well, and then we'll speak to this because today's episode all about kind of personal branding. So we're going to talk a little bit about how you came to position yourself the way in which you you kind of hold yourself now as, as a leader here at MU Extension. But before we get into that, tell me a little bit about your background. What led you to MU Extension? Yeah, um, that is a great question. And I feel like um, when you think about where you are now, at least for me, I think about it being a culmination of my journey. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm uh, from St. Louis City, uh, born and raised. I went to Truman State University for undergrad where I studied communication. OK. Emphasis in journalism. And when I was in undergrad, my whole thing was sports journalism. I knew I was going to be the next Stuart Scott. I was going to be an ESPN uh-huh. sports center. <laughs> and so I had my own uh, sports show during our new, sec- our new segment. I had my own sports yeah. segment that we did. We called it the Dog Pound because we were the Truman State Bulldogs. Love it. Uh, and, and so I really enjoyed that experience. Uh, but for me, being at Truman was so impactful for me because I had so many professors, educators, who saw me as valuable, saw me as brilliant. And when I had ideas, they empowered me to run with those ideas. So I had an idea for a sports segment. Our sports segment was a little dry before that, right? So before it would be me in front of a camera reading from a script for five minutes, right? Mm. And I was like, we got to liven this up. We got to juice it up. (laughs) And they empowered me to just run with it. And having that experience in undergrad was so pivotal for me developing this level of confidence and belief in myself that I can actually have great ideas and execute on those ideas, right? And so uh, I wanted to, after undergrad, take a second to kind of give back to other students in the same way that educators had poured into me. Right. Uh And so I ended up doing a teaching program um, called Teach for America, where you go out uh, for um, into communities that need more educators and you basically empower kids who may otherwise not be empowered to, mm-hmm. to maximize their potential. And so for me, that was going to be a two year, maybe three year thing before I go back into the journalism thing. Right. Sure. But it completely shifted my understanding of the impact that I wanted to have. Right. Mm-hmm. Being in the classroom and, and being in uh, with my kids and I love my kids. I taught middle school English. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, I didn't they, realize that. Yes. So they say those are the saints of educators because okay. that, that's the, the challenge group. But I love my kids, though. Um, 
And so being in the classroom, it just made me think about what does it look like now to have the impact in the in the same way. Right. And I knew that my path wasn't going to be in the classroom full term, but I knew that I wanted to, you know, and not to take anything away from folks who are in sports and entertainment, but I knew I wanted to have a different sort of impact. Right. Yeah. And so at that point, um, I ended up coming back to Mizzou to get my doctorate in strategic communication, which was that kind of merge between my communications background and um, that education piece as well. Right. And so when I was in uh, doc, my doc program, I ended up taking a course um, and we can even talk about this later. I think that's on the, the docket, but I ended up taking a course and I met a professor named Randy Smith at the journalism school. And in that course, it helped expose me to this idea of marketing strategy and how mm. it is you leverage research and communications theories and apply them in real time to create products that impact people, but then also find the people that those products could most benefit. That's where that kind of became privy for me. And so um, you take undergrad being uh, communications and, and journalism. And then I taught for a few years Then I got my doctorate and they helped expose me to research, but then also the strategy. After graduating from doc school, I thought about what would be the overlap between all of those experiences. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, and so I ended up taking a position at the College of Education here at Mizzou, uh, where I headed up a business incubator where I helped faculty take their ideas for educational products and turn those into products or take educational products that they already had and figure out ways to best market those products. So it was that overlap between the marketing research, marketing strategy, um, education, and wow. then the communications piece. Yeah. And then I, I was there for a while and then I saw the opportunity at Extension and it was... Um, kind of a next logical step to advancing that work, right? And so it kind of goes back to the purpose that I've now discovered for myself is really helping folks maximize their potential by giving them the resources that they need to do so, mm -hmm. right? With also um, leveraging my skill set in terms of marketing, communication, strategic communications, all that. And so I saw this opportunity at an extension to be the director of marketing and communications. My title now is director of integrated marketing communications. Okay. That's, that's okay. actually the title. Change, yeah. um, and I just saw, just looking at the work that extension does in empowering 6.2 million Missourians in all the different ways from 4-H to Master Gardener right. to you name it to MTI, right? Um, it, it, there was just a, a, a clear alignment between my own mission, my own values and extension and where I saw um, I could add value to the division. And so I've been here since September and it has been a great experience for me so far. I love it here. Lots to take in, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They call it drinking from a fire hose, uh -huh. but I'm used to it. You take it a day at a time. You yeah. eat an elephant one bite at a time, and yeah. you keep it pushing. Yeah, yeah. So talk a little bit since September. Now you've got a little bit of understanding of extension under your belt, yep. and you know we we've had Dr. Marshall Stewart on, uh, who was our former vice chancellor here, and he talked a lot about the benefits of extension. And uh, one of the things I just wanted to think in your role, I mean, your job is to communicate mm -hmm. all of that. So what are some things you've been up to since you started here? 
Oh man, what are some things I've been up to? This could be the whole hour. Um, (laughs) 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 So let me synthesize it. Um, So when I first came in, uh, and this is kind of my approach as a leader, um, you want to listen first before you generate the ideas. And we ought to do this. We ought to do that. So the first thing that I did was met with every person on my team individually, Mm one-on-one to learn about them. Uh, What is their background? What are their experiences? Experiences, what where are they seeing opportunities for extension for our team? What skills might they have that yeah. we uh, aren't leveraging as much as we could? Right. And uh, so figuring out what's called their jobs, pains and gains. What are their long term aspirations, their short term goals? What are their pain points? Where are the opportunities for our team and for extension? So I met with my team one on one. Then after that, I met with the rest of extension leadership, all the regional directors and program directors. That's a lot and of meetings. Yeah, so it's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of meetings. Uh, but they were productive because the main question for me is or was, uh, what are your biggest needs as far as marketing and communications yeah. goes? And that one helped me get a better lay of the land and figuring out who's where doing what. But then also it built trust between me and other leaders around extension so that they know from the start that I'm here to support you. I'm here to help help you and collaborate with you as we bring this vision of extension mm-hmm. to, to further uh, truth. Um, and then from there, I went around the state and visited a couple of the regions, went to some programs, went to some uh, extension council meetings just to see it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's one mm-hmm. thing to hear about. It's another, another thing to see it. Right. right. And then from there, I synthesized what I was observing into one big challenge question. Right. That kind of guides our team currently. And what I saw uh, uh, between the conversations with my team, conversations with leadership and going out into the field is how can we clarify, unify, and grow the MU Extension brand? That that was the synthesization of all of that Mm -hmm. research, if you will. And so from there, uh, what I actually did was I created a, a wish list of all the things. You've that, shown me yes. your wish list. <laughs> I love it. Yes, the wish, <laughs> my wish list of all the things that we want to do, and, yeah. you know, which helps me because there are so many things that we could do, right? Like there, mm-hmm. there is an endless number of things we could do. Podcasts, we could do, we could do CDs, we could do new assets, we could do videos. The, 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 the possibilities are endless, right? right. Right, right, right. So what I did was I listed out basically all the things that I want to get done. But then I organized that list from low lift and highest impact to highest lift, lowest impact. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are the big dominoes that we could knock down first and then work the list down? So one of the bigger dominoes that we wanted to knock down was reworking our easy access live stream. Mm-hmm. So for those out y'all uh, out there who don't know what easy access is, it's our bi-monthly live stream where our leader uh, essentially connects with our folks out in the field and yes. they have an easier access to our leader. Right. And so it, it's a way for him or her to communicate uh, what needs to be communicated more broadly, but then also for folks who have questions, concerns, comments to communicate directly with the leader. And what I saw was Marshall had done a great job of being transparent and communicating what needs to be communicated and and, uh, externalizing his thoughts. But I also saw opportunity to maximize the interactivity of the easy access, right? The engagement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so what we did was reworked it to where instead of the leader sitting in front of 
of a, a computer screen, we actually record it live in studio mm-hmm. and we have a panel, a rolling panel of folks who come in who represent different groups around extension. Right. And so uh, the last easy access that we did, I moderated it. Chad, who's our current interim vice chancellor of extension and engagement. Uh, he's a um, we kind of co-hosted and then yeah. we have folks who come on. And what we found is one an increased engagement online, but then also folks who may otherwise not have their perspective represented on the easy access live stream because they may be too shy to present those perspectives. We have other folks who may be able to represent those perspectives on the easy access live stream. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that little kind of low lift decision has had a high impact for us as far as communications and marketing goes. Right. I say all that to say when thinking about strategically, how can we unify, clarify and grow the MU extension brand is thinking through how can we have more consistent and clear lines of communication between our leadership and our folks out in the field, between our folks out in the field across different counties, between us in middle management. So all across the board, how can we clarify that um, that communication piece and clarify the MU extension brand, which is essentially who are we? What do we do? What is the depth and breadth of what we do? How do we unify people around that consistent messaging and then increase support and grow support for the MU Extension brand. Mm-hmm. I know that was a long-winded no, answer. I love it. I love it. You've been hard at work since yes. you started here. I think that that sums it up nicely there because yep. you truly have taken this, really, I'm going to say the bull by the horns when it comes to this particular area and, and just owned it. And I can really appreciate that about you. And I think, you know, that kind of leads us into this conversation for today when we, we consider... From the moment I saw you, I knew you you were different, right? You have something established about you that um, I, I have I don't always haven't always seen, you know, in 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 different leadership positions. And so for me, one of the things I was just really curious. Mm-hmm. And so again, so grateful you came on the podcast for today because we're talking about that element of personal brand. And mm-hmm. I think obviously having your background in marketing and communications, and you understand the concept that your brand is a marketing effort for you. Yep. In, in your career path and yeah. your trajectory there. Um, but how can we help other people, mm-hmm. you know, understand what that looks like and how to get there too? Yeah. So talk a little bit about kind of what you would consider maybe your personal brand and how you yeah. started developing it. That, ooh, okay, what do I see as my personal brand and how I started developing it? Uh, before I even dive into that, uh, one, I really appreciate everything that you just said. That, that means a lot to me um, because I don't want to take the seat that I sit in for granted, mm-hmm. right? And assume that I'm doing a great job, but it really, I think one of the best measures of how effective you are is what your peers say about you. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you saying that. And then number two, um, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish anything that I've accomplished without my team. So mm-hmm. I just want to give a shout out to them. I, I don't even want to say like, oh, I came in and I did that. We did that. We right. made the easy access live stream happen. So I just want to make sure that that part um, is noted as well. Back to your question about how I cultivated my personal brand. It's really been over time for me. Um, so there are there are a couple of things for me and I guess unique experiences that inform how I go about cultivating my personal brand. Um, before we got on uh, the, the live podcast, you talked about how you've been a chameleon yes, right, in, in different spaces. So. And so for me, um, 
when I was younger, it really goes back to being a kid. So when I was younger, I actually skipped the first grade and my birthday is late. So my birthday's in August. I was supposed to be held back. My, my parents didn't want me to be held back. Okay. And so I was actually a year and a half to two years younger than most people in my grade wow. growing up. Yeah. Okay. And so and as you, you know, elementary, middle school, it's all about fitting in and figuring out. And so I always had a hard time fitting in in elementary Really, you say I stand out. So even now I still have a hard time fitting in. <laughs> but for me, I, I never really understood how to fit in. And so the, the best way that I could is by watching people. Right. And, mm-hmm. and seeing what they do and, and then emulating that. And so that was kind of a, a start for me. And I that translated to my adult life as well, because now I watch other leaders as well, whether it be leaders that I know, like a Chad Higgins or a Marshall store. I watched them in the short time that I worked with Marshall. I watched how he moved around a room and yeah. spoke and his cadence, yes. for example. Right. Like so paying attention to people's mannerisms. So I've had mentors around me whose mannerisms I watched and I was like oh like this is what they do in situations when things are tense this is how they de-escalate this is how they uh, work a room or this is how they circumvent an issue right so Mm -hmm. watching that piece but then also I have muses as well that I don't know who I watch and I've read their biography. So Kobe Bryant is a muse for me and okay. watching how he approaches his craft. And Steve Jobs was a muse for me as complex as he was in, as an individual. But Steve Jobs, uh, Beyonce is actually okay. a muse for me as okay. well, watching how she commands a room. Right. right? So I, what I've done is uh, looked at people who served as mentors for me in real life, but then also that translational learning from other folks and seeing what's working for them, what's not working for them and emulating that and making it my own. Right. Right. Um, And then the second piece of that is being truly self-reflective of my journey. Mm. And I mentioned earlier how when I was in my doc program and trying to figure out what it was I wanted to do after doc school, it took a while for me to figure that out. Mm. Right. I I was, you know, banging my head up against the wall to figure out what my next step was going to be, because. I didn't believe that uh, getting a research position at an R1 university was the path for me, right? In terms mm-hmm. of my, my passions and sure. what woke me up. And so I had to think critically around, well, what does the next step look like? And after, you know, really reflecting on it, journaling, prayer, shoot, yeah. all that, it was based upon my experiences, what would be the next logical step? Where Where is the overlap between my undergrad experience, being in the classroom, my doc experience, And that was a complete synergy, but it required also for me to be truly self-reflective of what my values were, what my mission is, Mm -hmm. what makes me feel alive. So when I talk about my personal brand, it's really the overlap of my experiences, learning from other people as well, but then also thinking critically around what my personal mission is and where it is I want to go and what's the best way to execute upon that. Right. And a couple of things I really loved that I heard you say there. The first one was the power of observation. Mm-hmm. And I think and I've mentioned this before in some of my trainings and maybe on podcast episodes, I, we lose this. You know, our, our sense of curiosity as adults, we we often lose it. And I joke and say I used to be a uh, person that would sit at the mall and just watch people before uh-huh. I had my son. And that was so true mm-hmm. because of the same reasons. Everything you just said there is we have so much we can learn yeah. from people mm-hmm. if we just take the time to pause and do it. Yeah. Now, 
time is of the essence a lot of times. So that that does change and it just naturally changes for us as we, we get older. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get a level of confidence mm-hmm. in who we are, what we know, and yeah. we don't want anything challenging that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. lots of power and just pure observation. Yeah, I want to I can't I can't say that enough, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing you mentioned there was values. Mm-hmm. And I love that you speak to that because we often say I mean, that's where the heart of this, this growth has to come from yep. is through who are you yeah. and what do you stand for? Mm-hmm. What values are uh, do you hold? And some people would say, and I guess I'll ask you this question, too, but some people would say, oh, your values might change with seasons. But I think there are still a strong hold mm-hmm. couple or few values that mm-hmm. you have throughout the the duration of your life. What are your thoughts on that? Ooh, that is a great question. <laughs> All right. Um, so th- there is a difference between your your values and your mission, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your mission may shift, mm-hmm. right? Your your values do they change? Well, okay. How about this? I don't know that change is the appropriate word, but if you are a person who is intentional about growing as a person, they may evolve. Mm, that's a great way to say it. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And that's true. Yeah. I can certainly see where that that does uh, change with age. Yeah. Too, right. right. That's right. just natural evolution. Right. So talk a little bit about, you know, as we think about these particular areas with personal branding and when I think about everything that kind of culminates and what I heard through your story, you know, you were not only observing just to, to d- identify kind of the visual way in which people handled, but you were looking at what they did when they listened, right? Kind yeah. of that, those auditory mm-hmm. kind of perceptions yeah. and the behavioral perceptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are multiple kind of different layers yeah. to branding. Yeah. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about that and what, what you, where your mind goes and how that might even correlate a little bit with marketing. Yeah. Um, like your personal brand. So there, there's this two pieces have to be compartmentalized. There's the internal mm-hmm. piece, right? Which is you, who you are. And then there's the external piece, which is your character, yeah. right? Yeah. And your character is based on perception, how people perceive you. And it is critically important that you constantly balance this idea of being authentic. You want to be authentic, but then also being received in the ways that you want to be received. And if you think about communication, it's not just verbal communication. If you and I are having a verbal conversation and I have a thought I want to convey to you, then I want to make sure that I communicate that in a way that you're able to receive it the way I want it to be received. Mm -hmm. The same thing is true for your aesthetics, as well, the way that you you look, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not to say that you want to do anything that conflicts with your authenticity, but it's also about how do you want to be received, mm-hmm. right? And so when I think about the the visual component of it, you, you might laugh when, when you hear this, but so <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told <laughs> I don't know that I've ever said this out loud. Oh so boy. this is a break, an exclusive. I, just, I love it. So, so what, the weekly workplace. One person that I looked at and I was like, I'm taking that is Don Draper from Mad Men. Okay. That is, that is, that is somebody that I, I don't know if that has ever resonated. Have you ever watched Mad Men? I haven't. Okay. I haven't. Okay. Sorry. So, oh, <laughs> I know. I so know. anybody is online like Don. So uh, John Hamm is from St. Louis. He's an actor. Okay. And uh, Mad Men is a show set in the 60s about uh, uh, men who work at an advertising agency. Okay. And Don Draper is the main character. He's not even a protagonist, but, um, and he always wore these sharp, 
suits. Okay. And he was always composed, always put together, uh-huh. always knew the right thing to say, smooth sort of dude. And I don't know that I'm on Don Draper's level, but that is somebody that I looked at and I went, okay, there there are some things there that I could potentially take. Uh-huh. Right. And so when you think about the aesthetics of it, for me, um, it's it's also about I just like suits. I think yeah. that, you know, I, I like suits. I like clothes. So it sure. wasn't like, oh, I have to wear a suit. I just like it. But also understanding that there's value in that as well. Right. So uh, we talked about it before we went live. But, you know, we've heard the the conversation or the, the phrase, the clothes make the man. Right. Mm-hmm. And that the way that you dress people do perceive you based upon what they see. Right. And so for me, um, I'm thoughtful around that. And that doesn't mean that I take out the trash in a suit or that I, you know, if you do, I want a picture of that. <laughs> that would be funny. And that's great. For media, so. Right. Right. I don't, I don't take out the trash in a suit or go to the gym in a trench coat or nothing okay, like that, okay. but I, I'm thoughtful around that as well. And so for me, um, it was again around that overlap of what's true to me and what I'm interested in, but then also what am I seeing works for people from an aesthetic mm-hmm. value as well. And it's important to acknowledge that piece when you're thinking about your personal brand. And the question I would charge for anyone who's thinking about that personal brand is what am I trying to communicate to the folks that I'm communicating mm-hmm. with? Mm-hmm. Right. And what do not only what do my words say, but what does my presentation say? Right. Mm-hmm. When I, you know, my gestures and, right. and my, my clothes, right? What what does all that say or communicate about me? And when you're thoughtful around what it is you want to communicate, then the rest of that becomes easy. And then the second piece that I'll add as well, coming in or in complementary to that uh, self-reflection piece is understanding how you are perceived by people mm-hmm. and then leaning into that as well, mm-hmm. right? So for you, for example, I'll say you have a very bubbly bright personality. Thank you. you. Like a very bubbly, bright, you beam. So thank you. You beam, thank right? You. And so understanding this is how I am perceived by people. This is something that I can lean into and yeah. leverage because there's also this, this very true kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, theory, I guess you will say of people come to expect a certain presentation or delivery from you mm-hmm. and they get satisfaction when you deliver on it. Right. 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 So it's, it's almost like if you, let's say you have, I don't know, Albert Einstein in the room and you go, like, okay, say something smart. You just want him to say something smart because you perceive that he's brilliant. Right. right. And when he actually says something enlightening, you're like, <sighs> see, <laughs> there, it yeah, there it is. <laughs> exactly. Right. So when you understand how you are perceived by folks and you're able to lean into it, it then perpetuates itself as well. Yeah. Yep. And and it's so interesting as you were talking about, you know, kind of who you looked at. And I was always an Olivia Benson girl from, Hmm. uh, you know, from um, Law and Order. Olivia Benson, the female detective. <laughs> I think Whoa. so. I think so. She She's like had, a boss. Yeah. yeah she okay. Had yeah, this yeah. Confidence yeah. about yeah. her. And oh, man. Yeah. So that was who I initially tried to emulate, realizing, mm-hmm. however, exactly what you just said there. Um, I, I'm a little bit too bouncy and, and bright uh-huh. to, to be that 
stern yeah. looking all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, stoic, yeah. I guess, would yeah, be the, yeah. the, the, the thing. But it is interesting because hearing what you said there, you know, we each individually have something that we're offering to our home environment, to our work environment, yeah. to our social settings, mm-hmm. to every different type of social hat that you wear. And people do come to learn that about you. So I guess the next question is kind of a, a big one. Help me understand. Maybe you have, for example, in my case, we'll use that example we just said, you know, you come across as this bright, bouncy, but maybe that isn't getting you what those initial goals were, mm. right? Maybe mm-hmm. your career path um, that you were thinking it would lead yeah. towards. How do you go about rebranding or can mm-hmm. you rebrand? Yeah. It's a good question, That's right? A, that, I know. That, that, I'm sitting, and these are things, and this yeah. was actually one also kind of came in through Mentimeter. We were talking a little bit about it before mm-hmm. we started because I guess in my mind, you can. Yeah. But it takes work. It does. And you still have to take those elements of what makes you you mm-hmm. and realize that those are your strengths, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. so I think, again, going back to my my example or the case there, I knew when I, I as we talked about my chameleon trajectory, you know, how I can fit into really any environment. Mm-hmm. When I came to the police department, for example, obviously I had to have a different level of, of brand mm-hmm. working at the police department than, than working here at Missouri Training Institute. However... One of the things that I would always take with me was the opportunity to lighten up a room Mm -hmm. because things were very deep a lot of times. So I can remember and I'll tell you this this story and you probably will think I'm crazy then. But they have we have a sally port and that's where all of the police vehicles are are kind of lined up in there. It's closed off now. But um, when I would walk in through that, the officers would all be prepping for their day Mm -hmm. and their cars. You know, they're getting ready, figuring out what the calls for service are. And and I would walk through that sally port because it was just like. It felt like a downer sometimes. Uh-huh. And I'd walk through and say, hey, And I can remember when I first started there, they probably thought, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. She just got out of loony bin. Uh-huh. All right, who did we hire? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but eventually, by the time I, I had departed there, with, I, I'd even say six months into my time there, I was getting them to to honk and turn their sirens on uh-huh. and like and to bring some energy yeah. to the start of their day. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought, Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's me. That's how I can show up and deliver myself, even if it isn't the same stoic yeah. nature yeah. that maybe the environment is requiring mm-hmm. of me. So I think kind of going back to the question and still I'd love to hear your take on that. But being able to still take elements of what makes you you mm-hmm. and then change some of the things that maybe you can reflect on that aren't working for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with everything that you just said. And a, a couple of points, um, there is the difference between cultural fit mm. and cultural ad. And cultural ad is where you bring in something to the mix that may not have been there before. And it sounds like that's what you did. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> thinking, how can I contribute to this culture in a way where it adds to the culture, a new ingredient that maybe not wasn't there before. And the second piece of that is what it really comes down to with your personal brand or your career in general is your ability to enter into different environments and navigate those environments productively. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. I think that's what the real question is. Am I comfortable going into this space? Right. Right. And which leads me to my third point. It's like a skill. 
and uh, mm. just like uh, public speaking, for example, right? few people are just natural public speakers where you could you came out the womb ready to work a room. <laughs> right. right? Too, right. Few people are like that. Right. That is a craft that you have to constantly cultivate. Yeah. I would say the same thing for your personal brand. What spaces are you trying to go into and what does practice look like for you to be able to navigate that space productively for you? Maybe it's you know what? I need to work on my one-on-one communication hmm. better. You know what? I need to do a better job of speaking up during meetings, during hmm. leadership meetings, hmm. right? Maybe it's with one-on-ones with leaders, right? What are the different spaces that you're looking to enter and where is there a gap? Right. Is it a lack of skill set, a lack of preparedness, or is it you just not being comfortable in those I'd spaces? Lack of confidence. Lack of yeah, confidence, yeah. right? And that may not necessarily mean you need to shift how you present, but it may mean you need to think more critically around what environment am I in? What does it look like for me to contribute? What do I have to contribute to this specific place mm-hmm. environment? And that could be time, conceptual or space. Right. Absolutely. Great points. Absolutely great points. Yeah. And so let me ask this because I know our time is getting we're we're running short, believe it or not. This went quick. Yeah. So we do 30 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 30 minutes. So we are uh, we're sitting at 933. Oh, I I thought we had an hour. I I want more of an hour. Let's let's do it. But as we're kind of wrapping up, I guess what would be some big takeaways Uh that that you would want to leave our listeners with as they think about this personal branding? Mm -hmm. What are where do they start? Because it can probably probably seem overwhelming for some people who yeah. haven't given it some intentional thought before. That Oh, man, that is a great question. Man, I thought we had more time. So some, <laughs> some key takeaways for someone who is like, I want to build my personal brand. I would say the the first thing is your presence okay. and understanding and being thoughtful around what is authentic to your presence. How do you want to present yourself? But then as you think about yourself sitting in a room or sitting in that environment, what does that look like for you? What are you wearing? What are you saying? What are you thinking? How are you communicating with people? And then from there, working your way back and also thinking through, again, what are my values? What is my mission? Is this aligned to what's actually important to me? Once you're able to situate yourself and visualize yourself within that time and place in that environment and then think through what does it take for me to get there in terms of how I communicate, what it is I know, what skills I have, uh, what it is I'm wearing, and then build those blocks towards that, that will make sure that there is alignment between your own personal values, your Mm -hmm. mission, your work, but then also aligning that to the environment that you're wanting to go into and how it is you want to be in that space. Right, right. You know, one of the things that Dr. Stewart had told me when we were having some conversations before his departure was... He really appreciated. I, I had come up to him on a on a whim one day and I was like, look, I love what you're doing and I want to learn more about how you do this. And as I think through what you just said is, you know, obviously first conceptualizing what you want it to look like, but then also maybe finding resources yes. or um, mentors, mm-hmm. even in a way that you might be able to ask for help. And one of the things he told me that I will never forget is that when you ask somebody for help, that they are more inclined to want to see you to, toward your success mm-hmm. because you asked for help. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think sometimes we get caught in this realm of having to do it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. And 
that's great. I'm glad you can. But for some people, it might not be realistic. And so how can you reach out to those trusted resources, uh, mentors, allies, whatever, you know, to have those conversations of here's where I'm struggling and I see you, you know, doing great at this. So help me understand a little bit more about what I can maybe start trying. Mm -hmm. So that was really that's that's been key, I think, in my own career as well. Mm -hmm. So you had some good mentors that kind of come to mind as you think about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, In undergrad, uh, a professor of mine named Mark Smith was a mentor for me in my doc program. Randy Smith was a a big mentor for me and he continues to be a mentor for me. Uh, Obviously, my parents are are mentors for me. Marshall was a mentor for me as well. Chad is now a mentor for me. Yeah, I've had a lot of great mentors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've been talking on this podcast before about um, we thought it would be so much fun to have an episode where all of us. So typically Dewey, Dewey, Ray and I, you know, sitting around the table, but we could expand this out to where we just have nothing but an episode on us and our mentors around a table and having just a conversation about what was it like, you know, working through that process with us. And so maybe coming soon. That's what I'm just going to throw it out there to our our viewers, maybe coming soon. So uh, I want to say thank you to you for your time, for your knowledge, your expertise that you brought to this topic. I'm thinking, as you said, we could have gone a lot longer on this. Maybe there's a part two coming. Sounds like it to me. Sounds like it? Yeah, sounds like it to me. All right. All right. I like that. And I I just love sitting down with you. Again, that energy, you're going to, the rest of my day is going to be glorious, y'all. Same, same, yeah. uh, But thank you so much, Dr. Jones. Any final thoughts? Yes. I was on uh, LinkedIn this morning and I came across this uh, quote, and you may like this. It says, your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. How you leave others feeling after having an experience with you becomes your trademark. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very appropriate for this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for leaving us on that note. And for those who are watching or those who are listening online, um, again, we thank you for your continuous investment in the weekly workplace. And until next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Peace.